News has just come in that President Kennedy has been shot. There's no news yet of his condition. The world was shocked to hear of the assassination of President Kennedy. Most people can remember where they were and what they were doing when they heard the news. Perhaps they were watching the television and hearing this for the very first time. The theme tune that has for the last three decades introduced the weekly adventures of a most remarkable time traveller, Doctor Who. Well, hello. I'm Nicholas Courtney. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you'll probably remember me as one of the Doctor's closest allies, Brigadier Alastair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. Having had the privilege to work with the Doctor on numerous occasions, I hope that I'm the best qualified to give you the complete story behind the world's longest-running science fiction television series and the reasons why it's lasted so long. Now, 30 years is a lot of time to cover in just 60 minutes, so let's journey back to a fog-shrouded London. To be precise, Saturday, November 23rd, 1963. Inside a small scrap merchant in Totters Lane, two young schoolteachers, Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright, are anxiously searching for one of their pupils, Susan Foreman, little realising that they're about to embark on a journey into the unknown. It's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Oh, feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. When a white-haired elderly gentleman in Edwardian clothes arrives on the scene. Ian and Barbara force their way into the police box and make a startling discovery. You don't deserve any explanations. You pushed your way in here, uninvited and unwelcome. I think we ought to leave. It's an illusion. It must be. Illusions, indeed. You say you can't fit an enormous building into one of your smaller sitting rooms? No. But you've discovered television, haven't you? Yes. Then by showing an enormous building on your television screen, you can do what seemed impossible, couldn't you? At the end of the first episode, the doctor sets the controls and the school teachers find themselves unwilling passengers on a voyage through time and space. But how did this all begin? Well, as a matter of fact, in a small BBC office, a number of studio executives were trying to decide on a new children's program to fill the Saturday evening tea time slot between Grandstand and the pop music quiz Jukebox Jury. A number of ideas were considered and then rejected. When the BBC's then head of drama, Sidney Newman, suggested a science fiction series. Having pre